AgriTalk is brought to you by Case IH. Solutions for every challenge, equipment for every farm. Case IH, built by farmers. And by Grounded. Spray smarter and improve herbicide performance with Grounded, a multifunctional adjuvant from Helena. And by Propane. Propane is the energy for everyone, especially farmers. Environmentally friendly propane can fuel most anything on the farm. See how at propane.com. Tough day in the grain markets. Wheat and soybeans closed with double-digit losses, and corn futures fell to another new contract low. Cattle complex was under heavy pressure, but lean hog futures caught a bid, and he raced last week's losses. And it might be hard to believe, but cotton futures accelerated the rally again. With love from Louisville via Farm Journal broadcast, this is AgriTalk. This afternoon, we'll chat with Matt Bennett from agmarket.net and later, Tony Whisker from Great Plains. Directly following the news, Todd Bubba Horwitz from BubbaTrading.com. I'm the handsome newsman, Davis Michelson. Now, the host of AgriTalk, Chip Flory. All right, Davis. Hey, thank you so much. We're on the floor, man. We on are the floor, on the baby. floor. Well, you know, time. on the on the on the expo floor, on the trade show floor. I don't oh, want to. I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But, uh, but we maybe are at you, the you and Big Apple had gotten an early start today. Maybe. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. Uh, we are at the 2024 National Farm Machinery Show in Louisville, Kentucky. A big thank you to Great Plains for making it possible to bring you coverage from Louisville. It, it it's uh, kind of a typical show here, Davis. Okay. Uh, it, number one, it's huge. We talked about that this morning with Ryan Bivens during the Farmer Forum. One point two million square feet under a roof with all kinds of shiny equipment, including mm-hmm. uh, all the the tillage and seeding equipment here at uh, at Great Plains, and uh, it's it's also shiny, dude. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. It, it just makes me want some. Really? Yes. Yes. I mean, I see all kinds of stuff that would look really good out at the acreage. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You might yeah. consult with machinery, Pete, you know, before you pull the trigger. Well, Just make yeah, sure we'll you're be- getting the right implement for your needs. We'll, we'll not, do that tomorrow. We'll do that tomorrow. Overbuy. Okay. For today, I think I'd rather just, you know, why not? Why not? You're uh, ogling you- is what you're doing. You're I, ogling. Uh, you'd rather have it than not, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no doubt. All right. Tough day in the markets, dude. Mm-hmm. Um, just did not feel good at all. New contract lows in corn, new lows for the move in beans, new contract lows in HRW. It it was uh it was a tough day. But you you look at what happened in the cotton market and you I'd kinda like to say that maybe cotton is showing us something that could happen just okay. simply in you know and and uh, a, a bit of a battle for some acres, but uh, there's no guarantee of that uh, for the year ahead. We'll talk with Matt Bennett from agmarket.net about that in a bit. All right, let's get to the markets. What do you got, man? Chip March soft red winter wheat futures opened at near session highs and closed low range and at the lowest level since November 28. Front month SRW did, however, respect support at the January 18 low of 573 and one quarter. March hard red futures traded through support at the Jan 18 low to score a new contract low. 
The lack of a serious supply side issue in the global wheat market, even with the war in Ukraine entering its third year, is a weight on prices. Since July 1st, exports from Ukraine have reached 26.3 million metric tons. Chip, that's down 3.4 million tons from a year ago, but well above levels many market watchers had feared. March HRW wheat features six and three quarter cents lower, 587 and three quarters. March SRW wheat down 12 cents, 585 and a half. March spring wheat closed at 661 and one quarter. Chip, that's down 10 and a half today. Yeah, it was a tough day all the way around. There's no question about it. And when you look at that HRW market in particular, uh, with the move that it made to the downside with the new contract lows, it feels like downside momentum is building. Well, Chip, March corn futures opened on session highs and closed near session lows, with March futures closing below 425 for the first time. Ethanol production in the weekend at Feb 9 averaged 1.083 million barrels per day. That's up 50,000 barrels from the previous week and 6.8% above the same week last year. Ethanol stocks have rebuilt quickly, up 1.03 million in the week to 25.81 million barrels. Crop watchers in Argentina note a turn to drier weather, but crop conditions still generally favorable. March corn futures six and one half cents lower today, four twenty-four and one quarter. May corn dipped six, four thirty-seven and one quarter. July corn futures closed at four forty-seven and one quarter. That's down five and a quarter, Chip. What was that close in the March contract again? Is that right? Down six and a half, four twenty-four and a quarter. Did yeah, I say it just wrong? four. No, just under four and a quarter. Yeah, I, yeah. Oh man, you, you know, it's not like it's a surprise that the corn market has been under pressure, mm-hmm. but to see those psychological levels like four and a quarter get yeah. checked now, mm-hmm. that it it reminds you again of just how tough this market is. Well, it's a little hard to process. I can confirm. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. March bean futures posted a high range open and a low range close. Today's settlement in front month beans was the lowest since May 31st. Soybean meal futures traded higher early in the session but turned lower at mid morning as soybeans extended losses. Harvest is advancing in Brazil and the weather forecast calls for more rains on the later developing crops. The downside momentum in soybean futures has spread throughout the soy complex, this despite recent gains in Malaysian palm oil futures. March soybeans 15 and three quarter cents lower, 11.70 and one half. May beans down 15 and one half cents to 11.76 and one quarter. July closed at 11.86 and one quarter, down 15 and one quarter cents. Yeah, and absolutely no help from the product markets today. March soybean oil down 95 points, 46.35, and March bean meal down a buck 50, 343.30. Let me run these real quick. Uh, March cotton 196 points higher, 93.48. April fat cattle a buck 10 lower, 184. March feeders. 177 and one half lower, 246.22 and a half. And April Lean Hog Futures, $3.45 higher at 84.52 and a half. Chip, over to you. Yeah, there you go. Nice move in the uh, right? in, in cotton and in that hog market there. All right. Thank you very much, Davis. Let's bring in let's bring in Todd Horwitz, BubbaTrading.com. How you doing, Bubba? Uh, great. I feel like I had two colonoscopies today. Yeah. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> Dude, the, you, you you feel that way. You should talk to some of the farmers that we're talking to down here at uh, National Farm Machinery Show. They feel more than, you know, maybe double that. I, I understand. And, I, and look, it, it makes no sense. But right now, the sellers are in so much control. And, of course, everybody's making it easy for them to sell. There, there's really no buy-in. The equities, even within a couple of days themselves, are rallying back again. 
which takes away new money that would rotate over there. It's, it's an ugly picture. At some point, it will change. At what price? I have no idea. Uh, but I'm, I'm certainly concerned that, that, that there's more weight below. And, and we haven't seen a big flush yet. We've seen just yeah. a steady. Every time I talk to you, we're down 10 more cents, 8 yeah. more cents, 6 more cents. We need one final flush to force the markets to turn. And right now, this slow grind lower is, is just, it's a true bear market. This is how bear markets trade. And the only way we're going to get out of it is, is by a, what they call a rip-your-face-off rally that will force all the shorts up. But right now, they're in total control, and it doesn't matter what news comes out. They're going lower until they don't. And uh, it's yeah. unfortunate because uh, I'm trying to store them myself, and it, it's not a very good feeling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got gotcha. you. You know, you just said something that you haven't said Boy, it's it's been a while since I've heard you say it. It's it, it, that that it's easy to sell these markets. Uh, we need to get past that. We need to, you know. I said it last week. I just want the funds to stop selling. That's step number one now, right? Yeah, hundred percent. We have to force them to stop selling. The only way we can do this is to get a big rally. And right now, with all the rules, regulations, and government, and everything else is going on, they're they're making it impossible for for the farming community to make any money right now. They're forcing prices down with a lot of the restrictions and rules and laws and and Fed and all, all right, everything. Buddy. Nothing is good for the economy. Have a great day, guys. Thanks. Scott Horwitz, Bubba Trading. We got Matt Bennett next. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. My mom's got a new case IH tractor, and it can do it all. Bail hay all day. See in the dark with its powerful LED lights. Hook up all the implements. Ship like a race car? Steer with ease. And it can also cool my juice box. Yeah, her Case IH tractor can do everything she needs it to. Looking for a tractor that can do it all? Check out CaseIH.com. Go on the offensive against weeds with Antares Complete from Helena. Antares Complete eliminates early weed competition with long-lasting residual control of broadleaf weeds and grasses. With a balanced premix of three herbicides, Antares Complete combats herbicide resistance and helps soybeans achieve a faster, more vigorous start to the season. Take a tactical first strike against weeds and protect your soybeans early with Antares Complete. Always follow label instructions and check registration before use. Contact your Helena representative to learn more. You suffer from talking on the radio phobia? No problem. Send us a tweet at hashtag Agritalk. All right, we are live at the National Farm Machinery Show down in Louisville. Uh, looking forward to a conversation with Matt Bennett coming up here in just a few minutes. And welcome back to AgriTalk. I'm your host, Chip Flory. Glad that you are with us today. As I mentioned, we are live at the National Farm Machinery Show down in Louisville, Kentucky. And uh, we're going to get to that conversation with Matt Bennett here in just a moment. But first, let's make time for this industry spotlight. 
Joining us now, Steve Jones, the Great Plains East Region Sales Manager. Steve, it's good to see you. How are you? I'm doing good, Chip. Thanks for having me on. Good, good, good. Um, sustainability has always been part of Great Plains history. It's part of the fabric that makes up the company. It's got to have a major influence on what directs this company going forward, right? Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Um, to put some backstory to that, Chip, yeah. you know, our history has just been so well-founded in the Harvest Starts Here message, the tagline that goes with our product. And the Harvest Starts Here goes really into the sustainability that you talk about. Um, so the point to where we need our products that we're going to go in and reset soil profiles, you know, after the combine leaves the field, but then also come back in the spring and create that perfect seed bed so that we're getting optimized yields you know, out of that, out of that crop so that, you know, we increase, you know, profitabilities for our growers. So yeah. it's so ingrained in our yeah. company. Steve, the thing is in, in with today's farmers, and I'm not saying that this wasn't always the case, but I think it's more true today than what it was 20 years ago, 30 years ago. If that piece of equipment doesn't pay for itself, it's not going to stay on the farm very long. hundred percent. You're right. It ain't going to stay there long. If it doesn't, right. if it doesn't have a, a return on investment, an ROI, it ain't staying. So how did, how do you use that input from producers to come up with the innovations that you have here at Great Plains? I think a lot of it comes back to that that agronomic uh, principles that we want to look at and we, we dive into it, you know, almost on a daily basis. Uh, we use a lot of third-party companies or third-party analysts to help us, you know, with problem solving, you know, the problems that we're seeing, you know, build into to, to poor yields mm-hmm. so that we can innovate, you know, products that are going to turn those, you know, down profits into an actual profit. Yeah. So yeah. very much so. Very good. Steve, thank you. You're welcome. Chip. All right. You. Yep. That is Steve Jones, Great Plains East Region Sales Manager. Again, thank you to Great Plains for making it possible for us to bring you coverage from the National Farm Machinery Show. Matt Bennett, agmarket.net. You've got the uh, enviable position of trying to explain what in the heck is going on in the markets. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. Yeah? But you as far as explaining right it, there? the problem is that uh, the funds just don't want to own these I mean, they don't own own much of anything right now. As far as commodities go. Honestly, Bubba has not said it's easy to sell. Right. In these, I haven't heard him. I I mean, Davis, catch me if I'm wrong on this, but I haven't Mm -hmm. heard him, you know, utter those words for months that it's easy to sell. Okay. Maybe now that we're finally saying it, could we be getting close? Uh, it's possible. I mean, obviously, we're oversold. We know that. Yeah. We've been oversold for a while. Uh, the problem is that you're looking at a situation where you've got the most stocks we've seen since 2018. Yeah, I've talked about this some lately. And, you know, the average cash price that year was like 366. And so that was on the way out of the doldrums. We were starting to kind of build some demand, of course. But uh, you're in a pretty tough spot right now in that if you don't have issues with the Safrina crop, the kind of acreage we're tossing around, and we've seen the survey. I think the average is like ninety-one-eight. You have ninety-one-eight. That's still too many acres, right? You know, we we've been talking about the safrina crop for quite some time. Last year's big safrina corn crop helped to get us where we're at today, just because Brazil was then in a position to take some of the a chunk of the export demand, the the, the market share away from the U.S. 
could it, I mean, is that Safrina crop? And you said it earlier when we were just talking, you don't wish ill on anyone, even a competitor. Right. But, you know, maybe when nobody else is looking, <laughs> you, yeah. you kind of you think to yeah. yourself, that's <laughs> our best chance yeah. uh, of turning this market around at this point, isn't it? it it's, it's our best first shot. And go, okay. I, I see three Good things. Way. I see three things. It'd be the Safrina crop. You know, obviously they've got less corn going in the ground. Uh, they didn't want to put as much corn in the ground. They were planting more soybeans again this year and more cotton. They saw this coming. They didn't want to put the money into the corn crop. Uh, if they, on top of that, would have issues, and obviously their weather's been wonky this year, to say the least. Yeah. If they have issues with the Sabrina crop and that dry season sets in a little earlier, I'm here to tell you that that could be supportive. Now, what does that mean? Maybe you don't go under four. I mean, I, I don't think you go to five just based on Sabrina. You probably need to to piggyback wow. onto acreage and, and potential issue as far as U.S. Uh, production well, goes because of your stock situation domestically and worldwide. Now, if it would turn into another 150 million bushels of demand for U.S. corn in the export market, then, you know, it's like we always say, does Brazil have a drought if it doesn't turn into more demand for U.S. beans, U.S. corn? Well, if it actually turns into demand, then it makes a big difference. Right. And we're competitive today. You know, FOB prices for corn versus Argentina and Brazil, very competitive. We've got the most readily available supply, of course, of any of the three of us. And so uh, my thought process is if this Safrina crop, uh, let's say it gets cut 15 to 20 percent. And I'm not saying it will. If it does, I agree with you. You're going to have another 150 show up there. I think you see another 50 out of corn usage for ethanol. Uh, That's my thoughts and my team's thoughts. So now maybe you get to carry below two billion, which would be as far as just a a, a thought process thing to make everyone feel right. a little bit better. But then you've got to worry about what acreage might look like, and we all know that we had a fantastic fall. Uh, everyone was able to get the work done that they really wanted to get. Uh, you know, especially in the heart of the corn belt. And so I think we quantified a lot of corn acres, and I've got to think corn acres are going to be a little big for what we need. Yeah. I didn't say this to you earlier because I wanted to get your reaction when, when we were on the air. <laughs> the problem that I've got with the corn market right now, my biggest problem is that demand is way stronger than any supply side issue. Right. So if we're going to turn this market around based on a problem with the Safrina corn crop, you better sell that rally. Absolutely, because a supply-led rally doesn't have any staying power. Exactly. You know that, and I know that. And so people said, what do we have to do to get this demand base built up? Well, same thing we did to break it. Yeah. You know, we went up way too high, and we really heard demand encourage more supply from the rest of the world. We need to get to a level that's probably too low. And everyone says, hey, we're going to pile on here. Uh, there are some things that could happen, longer-term stuff. A lot of folks have talked about this SAF thing. If the federal government does stand behind and you get the you know, the uh, tax credits for uh, corn-based ethanol going into SAF, but that's not something that's going to impact us here in 2024. No. Right? It, it, it's on down the road. That's so, the point that I wanted to get to. You got there before I did. Right. The demand side of the market that's going to pull prices up is still at least – half a crop year, at least a, a crop year and a half out. Probably. And that's the problem is that we yeah. could experience some serious pain, uh, not only this year, uh, the 23 crop, we all know most of the producers I talk to are talking about 
they're not going to make money on corn for 2023. And why? Well, we paid a lot for inputs. And unfortunately, the farmer's sitting on a lot of corn right now. And there's no easy answer. I know people listen to your show every day. They talk to me. Uh, they talk to everyone in this industry. What can we do to fix this? And right now, there's just simply not an easy answer here. Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> actually, you know, the no, you're right. I, I was going to say the easy answer is let's find that. Let's get let let's get that base building for uh, ethanol to jet. Yep. But I think that process is underway. It's just the you know it's it's going to take time. It's going to take time. And let's let's. I mean, obviously, if someone's listening to this right now, Chip, they're going to want to find one of these boosts that's got beer here. Yeah. I mean, you know, this sounds pretty depressing. Beer right? at the National Farmers Union. Oh, really yeah. Yeah. But. We made a lot of money in 21 and 22. The general farmer yeah. did. I know not everyone. We had some drought implications out west, but bottom line is the producer made a lot of money in 21 and 22. So there is money in folks' pocket. It's allowed them to be tight-fisted, which hasn't been the best thing for them, unfortunately. Uh, but the bottom line is, yes, this stinks right here today. But thank goodness that we're coming into this with a little bit of cash in our pocket. Now, we just have to be cognizant of the fact that the pendulum has swung and we can't just expect for a rally to bail us out like we've seen the last two to three years over and over and over. Okay. We swung too far to the upside. You said that. Here we are at four and a quarter in front month corn. That doesn't feel like it's swung too far to the downside yet. Not yet, unfortunately. You're probably going to have to see a three in there somewhere, and I don't mm -hmm. like that. You don't like that. Uh, but the bottom line, once again, as you know, Chip, is that when the funds are moving, yeah. a lot of times they move the markets excessively. Yep. You know, and, and I think that you're going to have to probably run this thing to levels that people say, well, you know, and I just I'm going to throw in the towel. Yeah. And you know that when a lot of folks start throwing in the towel, that's when things start to change. Yep, absolutely. Another thing that bothers me, and I've mentioned this a few times on the show, is the 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 amount of time that it's taken us to get even to this level yeah. to check off that four and a quarter. For sure. This is something this is a price level that honestly I anticipated we would probably seen last fall yes and because it has taken so long and the the funds are so comfortable wow we're out of time uh the funds are so comfortable on the short side of the market now it's like i said to bubba step number one let's get them to quit selling find something to shut off that selling. we're talking with matt bennett thanks so much to great plains we are broadcasting live from the national farm machinery show Let's go to the markets page at profarmer.com and check today's closes, where March hard red winter wheat futures were six and three quarter cents lower, five eighty-seven and three quarters. March SRW wheat down twelve cents, five eighty-five and one half. March corn futures were six and one half cents lower at four twenty-four and one quarter. May corn dipped six cents, four thirty-seven and one quarter. March soybean futures fifteen and three quarter cents lower, eleven seventy and one half. May beans softened 15 and a half cents to 11.76 and one quarter. March cotton 196 points higher, 93.48. On your livestock's April fat cattle a buck 10 lower, 184. Uh, March feeders 177 and one half lower, 246.22 and one half. And lean hog features the April contract 345 higher at 84.52 and a half. June contract up 207 and a half, 96.77 and one half. Tryprofarmer.com. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. 
The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. My mom's got a new case IH tractor, and it can do it all. Bail hay all day. See in the dark with its powerful LED lights. Hook up all the implements. Shift like a race car? Steer with ease. And it can also cool my juice box. Yeah, her Case IH tractor can do everything she needs it to. Looking for a tractor that can do it all? Check out CaseIH.com. Go on the offensive against weeds with Antares Complete from Helena. Antares Complete eliminates early weed competition with long-lasting residual control of broadleaf weeds and grasses. With a balanced premix of three herbicides, Antares Complete combats herbicide resistance and helps soybeans achieve a faster, more vigorous start to the season. Take a tactical first strike against weeds and protect your soybeans early with Antares Complete. Always follow label instructions and check registration before use. Contact your Helena representative to learn more. Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. Knowledge is power. We're here to charge your batteries. AgriTalk. Welcome back to AgriTalk. I'm your host, Chip. Glad that you are with us. Big thanks. Big thanks out to Great Plains for making it possible for us to broadcast live from the 2024 National Farm Machinery Show down here in Louisville. We are in the middle of a conversation with Matt Bennett from agmarket.net. Matt, we, we talked about the uh, the old crop corn and we were, okay, so here we are. We've gotten down through that, um, that four and a quarter range. You got the DEES contract still up there at 460, 465. When you see 460, 465, DEES 24 corn, what are your thoughts? Uh, that obviously it's going to be a tough pill to swallow at this point. See, the problem, Chip, is that I think a lot of our acreage decisions, and we, we've talked about acreage and what intentions might look like, but those acreage decisions were made in the fall. And in the fall, actually, corn was penciling out better than soybeans for, I'd say, most producers in the corn belt. And so uh, there was a lot of folks that decided to do everything that they needed to do to put corn in the ground. Yeah. A lot of anhydrous went on, you know, but the unfortunate reality is that whenever you move from five and a quarter, you know, 465, uh, 60 cents, you know, on a 200 bushel farm, that's 120 bucks an acre, just like that. Yeah. And unfortunately, you know, it puts a farmer in a bit of a tighter spot. So the thing that jumps out at me as we sit here in February, you know, halfway through the month is that this be the first year in a couple of years where you're not going to insure on the most farms that you're actually going to be able to be profitable this right. year. Even with the most aggressive crop insurance plan, all you're going to insure is, of course, uh, against a disaster. Right. And so the crop insurance program is going to be a little different this year. Is it necessary with us still talking about the chance to move down another, what, 60, 80, 90 cents possibly? I mean, yeah. you know, there's some folks throwing out all three seventy, three eighties. 80s, uh, sure. you know, as their lower end of the range. Uh, yes, you still need crop insurance. There's no question about it. Right. It's just going to be a little bit different feel. But 
I want to use that crop insurance with the growers I talk to. I'm sitting here looking at 465 corn. If I think that there's a chance you move down there, you know, I'm going to put something in place, lock in, uh, stop the bleeding for the time being. Maybe it's a put spread where I put the lower end of that put down around four bucks. Cause if it's a 470 average, which right now I think we're a bit above 470, right? If it's a 470 average, 85% is four bucks. Yeah. And so if I can protect myself to four, insurance will take off over after there. Yeah. Don't make the assumption that this market's going uh, done going lower i'm afraid it's going to take more prisoners yet yeah yeah 11.55 on november beans what what's your thoughts there well you've got gaps in the chart that everyone has seen whether whatever month it is folks are saying can we get back up to this like 12:40 type area right where you've got a gap yeah. in the chart i think there's the possibility uh, that let's say you come in here and you say hold on a second this extreme dryness, October, November, December in Brazil actually did more damage than what we thought. If you get that type of rhetoric, yes, this bean market can bounce. We've seen it bounce more than what we thought it should in the past. Let's hope we get something like that again here this year. Uh, 11.55, does it jump out at me? Given this year's input costs, actually, most of the producers that I'm working with can still pencil a profit there. Okay. Now, is it a robust profit? I don't think so. You know, you look at some of the things that you and I talked about before the show. Uh, yes, corn penciled better than soybeans in the fall. Right now, beans pencil better than corn, especially in a lot of areas, I would say in the I states. And sometimes to the tune of, according to the experts, and I say experts, some of the university folks, 50 to $100 an acre. So if that's the case, you know, you've got to expect maybe bean acres are going to be fairly large too. There's years we would have given anything for 11.50 beans in the past. I know this doesn't feel like one of them, uh, but could 11.50 look good this fall? Absolutely. 11.50 beans ain't what they used to be. No, no. The problem with it is that we're weaning ourselves off of some extremely profitable time periods. Right. So right. you had two years in a row in 21 and 22, and I'd say most producers made more in that two-year window than they've ever made in their career in a two-year window. I would agree. And so now you're sitting here saying, well, good Lord, Chip, I sold beans a couple of years ago for 16 bucks. How can I sell them for 11.50 this year, right. right? And you and I talked about that earlier today as well. And I guess the big thing is, is what you did uh, two years ago doesn't uh, impact you. It's impacting you this year because you're letting it uh, fool yourself into thinking that you deserve getting that same yeah. sort of price. And I'm sorry, but this is not 2022. Yeah, it's 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 not a market of two years ago. And frankly, the February uh, supply and demand report that usually is very benign mm. uh, didn't help. 35 million bushels. Added I mean, 35 that's a million big jump. Carryover. That's a big jump. And the unfortunate reality there, you know, is that uh, now you're starting to talk about, hey, you know what? We're not super tight domestically. We know we're not super tight uh, on the world basis, you know, I don't know, 114, 115 million tons. That's more than what we've seen, but that's, uh, you know, it's, it's plenty of beans. Okay. Yeah. And so the problem as well is that you've got beans coming into the Southeast talks of soybean oil coming into California, not from uh, North America either. You right. know? And so global arbitrage is kind of hurting this bean situation as well. That doesn't mean I'm super bearish. I feel like we're going to find a support value, some, some, some supporting here somewhere, a value zone, if you will. Uh, but the bottom line is, is that we have enough beans right now, knowing what we know. Let's say Brazil, you take uh, closer to a CONAB number or, okay. uh, you know, talk to Dan Bozzi. I think he's at 145. Let's say he's right. 
you know, if you take 11 million tons off of the USDA number, you're probably starting to find a story maybe that would at least support you. I'm not saying you drive you wildly higher, but just find some support. And right now we need some support. Right, right. Thanks for mentioning Dan. He's going to be on the show with me on Friday. Oh, yeah. Give him a plug. Yeah. Uh, Declining markets, to me, I always describe them one of two ways. The air coming out of a balloon and the thing is just, you know, fizzling. Or the tightening and coiling of a spring. Mm -hmm. Which are we doing in the beans right now? Is the air still coming out of the balloon or are we tightening a spring? Boy, I mean, it feels like the balloon scenario. It does. It feels like that to me. I hope it's the spring. I, I really do. Now, I want to go back to something you said before we, we went to break. You know, you, we were talking about this corn situation. And I, I think whenever you're whenever you're sitting there, like a pro farmer crop tour time, and you're saying, yes, this crop isn't what we thought, but we still see a $2 billion carry or somewhere in that neighborhood. Yeah. What you have to do is you got to go back and look, okay, well, the last time we had a $2 billion carry, what did price action look like? And obviously, those weren't good days. The last time you had mm-hmm. a carry over 300 on soybeans was 2019. And that mm-hmm. was a completely different price structure leading in. Uh, you know, of course, you had COVID going all kinds of craziness. But right. uh, bottom line is you got to uh, go back and benchmark yourself. And unfortunately, these prices uh, were not rosy the last time we saw the carries that we currently see. Do I think that this is a cold up spring? Probably not, unless you get a bullish surprise. Once again, I think the only thing that really jumps out at me is. When you look at how much rain Brazil had in October, Mm -hmm. November, December, you've got to think some areas are going to have pretty darn disappointing yields. Yeah. Okay. But it's hard to convince the market that you have bad enough weather to impact you after you see what happened in the U.S. in 2020. Exactly. You had drought-like conditions, a couple of well-timed rain events, and all of a sudden, all is well. You know, we went through all of 2023, and what did we hear from almost every combine report? It's better than expected, better than expected. What we need to hear, and I think we are hearing, I think we are hearing, it's just not happening very loud. We need to hear more of it's worse than expected coming out of Mato Grosso, Mato Grosso de Sol. I think that story is starting to build. I, I agree with you. We're hearing quite a bit of it. The The limited amount of folks that I communicate with, uh, they're saying, listen, there's some pretty tough yields down here. Mm-hmm. It, it's maybe been hurt a little bit more than what we thought. If we start to hear this, you know, uh, from a variety of growers, you know, and then you maybe, maybe you even piggyback on that, you know, that some of the folks that are pointing to the models drying out in Brazil within the next six to eight weeks. You put those two things together and, you know, maybe the limited amount of second crop soybeans, uh, the safrina crop, maybe they aren't a banger of a crop. And if that's the case, then I think maybe you've staved off an absolute catastrophe for 2024. But if you have big crops out of Brazil on first and second crop, when it's all said and done, it's big enough. I'm very concerned that price action is going to continue to feel the same way that it does today as we sit and talk, for instance, at Farm Progress Show uh, coming up this next, uh, you know, next August. All right. I know that uh, you are usually relied on to talk about what's going on in the grain markets. I just put a cattle chart on the screen oh, here yeah, what do you think love cattle the thing with cattle is that this you know you you took you took 35 bucks out of the fats because the funds puked i think the funds started talking and saying you know what we're looking at cattle on feed and placement numbers uh september through december that were awfully large mm-hmm. right at a time you had a 65 year low last year 
you know, that was reported for the total herd inventory this year, you're talking 73 year low. Why? Because yeah. cattle on feed and placements were very high. Now you're looking at this year, uh, an abnormally low number because that was an abnormally high number. I don't think any fund wants to go into that sort of time period. I'm talking third and fourth quarter. Uh, you get into those time levels and I'm, oh man, I, I could see placements and cattle on feed in the, in the very low nineties. And if yeah. that happens, I don't want to be short there. Nobody else no. does either. You know, it's still a supply side story in this cattle market, but it's got a positive demand story to go along with it, just with the resiliency of the U.S. consumer, Matt. For sure. And what I've been saying is if you can keep the equities markets intact and the economy feels good to us, obviously this is a presidential year, election year. So that should bode well for consumer yeah. sentiment. There's a lot of things you're going to throw at this thing to make us all feel good. Yeah. Right. And with that being the case, I think this could be the type of year where three or four things come together on the cattle market. Uh, maybe you get that magical trade over 200. We tried this last year. Yeah, we did. What, uh, 196. But as a cattle producer, don't wait. Wait on that. No. We get in the 190s again. I want to start doing a little risk management. Build again. floors, baby. Absolutely. Build I floors. I couldn't agree more. Dude, thank you so much for coming down here and, and having a conversation with for us sure. today. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. You bet. Matt Bennett, agmarket.net. We are live at the National Farm Machinery Show in Louisville, Kentucky. Big thank you to Great Plains. Coming up next, conversation with Tony Whisker from Great Plains here on Agritalk. My mom's got a new case IH tractor and it can do it all. Bail hay all day. See in the dark with its powerful LED lights. Hook up all the implements. Shift like a race car? Steer with ease. And it can also cool my juice box. Yeah, her case IH tractor can do everything she needs it to. Looking for a tractor that can do it all? Check out caseih.com. Go on the offensive against weeds with Antares Complete from Helena. Antares Complete eliminates early weed competition with long-lasting residual control of broadleaf weeds and grasses. With a balanced premix of three herbicides, Antares Complete combats herbicide resistance and helps soybeans achieve a faster, more vigorous start to the season. Take a tactical first strike against weeds and protect your soybeans early with Antares Complete. Always follow label instructions and check registration before use. Contact your Helena representative to learn more. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. The chickens have come home to roost. Find out whose fence they're perched on today on Agritalk. Holy mackerel, Davis. I tell you what, after that yeah. conversation mm-hmm. with uh, we need we need a little bit better news. Should we just take the next segment and talk about uh, Cyclone men's basketball? Could we do that? I mean, I know you're you, nope. you could do a terrific monologue. Nope. Yeah, I could. You know? Yeah. Why not? Now, Let's set it up. We, no, we're huh? here at the National Farm Machinery Show. We need to talk machinery. And uh, big thank you to Great Plains for 
making it possible for us to bring you coverage from NFMS. And with that in mind, let's make time for this industry spotlight. Joining us now, Tony Whisker, Great Plains Vice President of Sales and Marketing. Tony, it's good to see you again, man. How are you? Doing great, Chip. Good to be here. Good. And I would love to talk some NCAA basketball, but I, <laughs> I think uh, I think we need to talk about equipment today. Yeah, absolutely. You know, in the conversation <laughs> that we had with Steve at the start of the show, we were talking about how sustainability and the whole story has been part of the Great Plains history, and it will be part of Great Plains future going forward as well. When, But we're still talking about tillage equipment. How does that all work together? Yeah, so, I mean, the we've had the harvest starts here tagline yes. for a long time. And and that really goes back to soil health and, and the sustainability yep. message. It, maybe we didn't use the same words and same language yep. years ago, uh, but it was all about soil health and, and being productive for the user and, and maximizing its yield. And, you know, nowadays uh, in in the tillage world, uh, we we still got the best vertical tillage solution out there, yeah. and we're doing some things uh, this year to uh, just to add to that product line. Okay, and let's talk about what's new to the product line. Sure, uh, in the in the tillage segment, uh, we've here at the show we've introduced uh, two new products. Uh, our BT1110 and our HT1110. Okay. So, you know, for those that are real familiar with our uh, product lines, uh, they're going to sound very much like something we've already got. Yeah. And and it should. Uh, the it's very much like our VT1100 Turbo Max and our HT1100 Terra Max, but that uh, those last two digits, that ten, uh, indicate that it's our narrow transport models. Okay. So, so as uh, you know, suburban sprawl is taking over some of our uh, farm ground and making it more complicated for some of our guys to get around. Uh, in other parts of the country where roads are just narrow, things are yeah. uh, a little bit t- tougher to get to, uh, this is a, a solution for them. They still need the agronomics. They still need that soil health uh, solution that we offer uh, across the board, but but now that VT1110, true vertical tillage still, same turbo blades as yep. our Turbo Max, uh, same options for finishing, the same rolling baskets, you know, the same performance in the field. The adjustable gangs on it and everything. Zero to six degrees, yep. adjustable gangs. It's all there. Uh, it's just a narrow transport under 12 feet. Yeah. Uh, get it down the road a little better than than yeah. the, the full size. So. These narrow transports are—they're not available across the, the the full full line, but in that uh, twenty foot and twenty five foot uh, sizes, yep, uh, you've got that in the VT eleven ten. Okay, and HT eleven ten, same thing. Okay, and twenty feet, twenty five feet, and it's going to transport below twelve. Wow, and uh, that Terramax, the same slight concavity to that blade. A little more gang angle, going to do a move a little more dirt yep. horizontally, get you maybe a little more weed cut out, yep. cover a little more residue, but uh, same performance as the Terramax. Okay. As long as we're talking about that narrow transport, talk to me about uh, the BD7410 Bucks drill. Yeah, it kind of happened. Uh, 
as coincidence, uh, this farm show, we ended up on a narrow transport theme because yeah. our besides the the tillage guys working on this new product, the the drill guys have, have come out with a, a narrow transport product as well. And our uh, BD7410 is a 13-foot is a end-wheel drill, but it's got a, a transport axle on it that will allow the drill to pick up and turn endwise, and it'll go down the road at less than 10 feet. Oh, goodness. It's so nine and a half feet. It'll, it'll get down the road and... And then get through the gates, uh, you know, get around the corner and then get in into the field and fold back out to that, that 13 foot. Um, and this this BD drill, it it's built on its big brother platform of the BD 7600. It's kind of our flagship drill, our big folding drill, 26 up to 50 feet. Uh, this 13 foot BD 7410 shares a box. Uh, with the larger ones, yep, it it shares uh, the seed meter, so the uh, the versatility in that seed meter to to plant wheat, your traditional drilling crop, but also a soybean or even large uh, beans or small seeds, mm-hmm. uh, alfalfa. Wow, uh, that that one meter will will feed and meter it accurately, uh, no matter what the crop is. Gotcha, gotcha. We only got about 30 seconds left here, but last year when we talked, we talked about the uh, foreground by Bear Partnership. How's that going? Uh, that's been a great partnership for us, and okay, we're going to continue to grow with it. Uh, we uh, do have some some specials on yeah. their on their uh, website for for drills, and and then we're also uh, doing some agronomic research with them to to see how uh, vertical tillage and, and other practices can continue to help that soil health and those carbon markets. and Yeah, yeah, it's all very impressive, Tony. Uh, again, thank you so much for having us down here. We sure appreciate it. Glad you could come again. You bet. All right, that is Tony Whisker, Great Plains Vice President and of Sales of and Marketing at Great Plains. Davis, we are yeah. wrapping up our first day of coverage down mm-hmm. here at the National mm-hmm. Farm Machinery Show. Sounds but like we're first, having a great time. We are. We are. You know, I, I do have to let everybody know, um, thanks to Big Apple Joe Stackler, I did get my uh, catfish dinner. Oh, down good here. work, it's Big really Apple. Something I'm always chasing. Yeah. National Weather Service 6 to 10 day outlook for February 20th through the 24th. The above normal temperatures are back, people. <laughs> Yep. yep, near normal to above, to above normal uh, precipitation as well. Thank you so much for listening. Come back tomorrow morning. We'll be at Case right here at the National Farm Machinery Show. <laughs> <laughs>